better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday edition of the show kyle you counted down from five today instead of three uh, it's a weird start to the week and i'm excited to dig into your mock draft today kyle welcome i'm exhausted 96 picks analysis written on every single one of them and traits. As I said in the lead, Joe, this is not your pappy's mock draft. Uh, Kyle, there's unwritten rules in the industry. All right. For mock drafts, (laughs) (laughs) you can, you have to write analysis on the first round, but the succeeding rounds you yeah, it's 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 not necessary, but I am a man of the people, and I wanted to provide a unique, in-depth, well-vocalized three-round experience for all of the fans. A man of the people, Kyle Krabs. Imagine. Who, okay, so you're a man of the people. Who's happy with you right now? You've had, what, um, like eight hours of this being live. You got feedback. Who likes what, what you gave him? I know Carolina fans are thrilled. I bet. So if you're if you're not <laughs> familiar with Carolina's situation in this mock, uh, Carolina traded back from seven to thirteen. Still got Derek Brown at thirteen. Uh, then drafted AJ Terrell and Kyle Duggar in the second round, and drafted Matt Hennessy, the center, in the third round. Yeah, it's really good mix um and Duggar's interesting there because they have Eric Reed and they've got some money tied up to him Trey Boston's a free agent you think he's gonna play like that free safety or more like box stuff like how did you see that working out well I, th- I know some people want to play him at linebacker some people want to play him at safety the the thought process with that pick for me was Matt Rule talking about getting physical kids with physical prototype traits and developing the football acumen piece of it once they got into the Baylor program. So prototypical athlete Kyle Duggar is exactly the kind of kid that they would have recruited coming out of high school if he was this athletic profile, but came from a small high school and had, didn't have a big following because he was pretty raw at playing football which I think is the case of Kyle Duggar coming out of Lenore Ryan. So I just thought it was an attractive piece of developmental development-minded coaching staff getting a peak physical specimen that you can then coach up, and he can become whatever he's going to latch on to best. Uh, I really like I, the Matt Hennessy pick for them. I like Matt Hennessy to every team that you give him to. Well, just the component of <laughs> Hennessy was recruited to Temple by Matt Rule. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool layer. I didn't think of that. You know, Lenore Ryan, Hickory, North Carolina, Kyle. I, there. I do now. Yeah. Yeah, that's um. And Matt Rule coached a year at Western Carolina, which 
is reasonably close to Hickory. I'm sure he did some recruiting out there for high schools, get guys over to Western Carolina. Um, who's who's mad? Who's the one team that stands out as mad? Uh, I've gotten some negative feedback from Ravens fans. Okay, let me see what you gave the Ravens here. Let me pull they, this up. It's the trade. They traded up for DeAndre Swift in the second round. Okay. So Zach Bond in the first round is a good pick. Nobody should be upset with that, but a move up for DeAndre Swift. Well, they were actually upset they didn't get Epinesa. They said bad combines haven't scared the Ravens off before. Epinesa should be the pick. But I, I just think Bond, with how many pieces they're losing in the in the, yeah. the linebacker group and the front seven in general, Bond being able to do more things I think is more valuable. So you had him trading up for Swift in the second round. Yeah, so Mark Ingram's going to be 31 this year, and after the 2020 season, they could cut him for less than a million and a half in dead cap. So you think you kind of protect what that production was like or has been like with Swift? I think, let me see who my comp was. Uh, No, I wasn't. I thought it was Swift. Uh, I thought it was Ingram for. I know some people do have Mark Ingram as the comp for DeAndre Swift. I have Ingram as the comp for one of these big backs this year. I can't remember who it is. Um, Okay. All right. So here's, here's the first question I really wanted to ask you, but then I kind of pivoted. What is your, like, this is the mock draft you decided to put together 6.0. It's like close to the end of the line here in, in terms of your mock drafts. And our goal with mock drafts at this point is to really introduce scenarios um, and, and potentially, you know, give some ideas that make sense, but maybe aren't necessarily what people are thinking. What do you feel like some of those big pivot points in the first round sure. are that makes this a unique scenario? Sure. It's the same thing we did on the, uh, the draft dudes mock at the beginning of the month, talking about CJ Henderson at nine to Jacksonville. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Jacksonville wasn't thrilled there. I really like actually what Jacksonville walked away with in this draft. Their full class. They got CJ Henderson at nine. Grant Delpit at 20, Ross Blacklock at 42, and then K.J. Hamler at 73. Jeez, good players, man. Yes, good football players. Uh, Just think D.D. Westbrook and K.J. Hamler in the slot. (laughs) A lot of juice. (laughs) Gardner Minshew won at Washington State because that Washington State offense set him up for so much run after catch. Mm -hmm. You get the same thing with these kind of kids, and then Chark is the vertical component down the field. Blacklock obviously being a different kind of player than Marcel Darius, but still fits the mold that Jacksonville's kind of trended towards with you know, uh, having a penetration presence there and whether Taven Bryan's going to play inside a defensive tackle or maybe plays defensive end if Calais Campbell gets bumped out or Calais Campbell's in the last year was contract anyway. But the secondary with Henderson and Delpit was, is a new combination that I haven't seen. Yeah. But I really walked away really liking what that could be for Jacksonville as they kind of look to get into their next era uh, coming off of the A.J. Bouye and, and Jalen Ramsey uh, tenure there in Jacksonville. That was one. Yeah. Henry Ruggs at 12 to the Raiders was another one, too, because it has this big domino effect, right? You hear all about the wide receivers and and the Broncos being in love with with Henry Ruggs. And the Eagles, you know, we tease them trading up to get up in front of Denver, whether mm-hmm. it's Indianapolis or somebody like that. But Ruggs going that early had a nice little domino effect that saw Philly go away from wide receiver in round one and saw the Broncos pick up Jerry Judy uh, as their quote unquote consolation prize. 
six first-round offensive tackles, if my math is correct here. So the top four, and then Josh Jones and Lucas Nang find yeah. themselves among the first 32. You feel good about that? or I do. I think they're all you know, either – I think the top four are, are polished football players. I think they'll be plug-and-play starters in their respective schemes. Um, I didn't really lo- – I didn't love Andrew Thomas – at 14 to Tampa in that offense, but I love that he moved man. and test. He tested better than I thought he would. And I know you have, you have had less concerns with scheme specificity. than I had it with Andrew Thomas. I'm coming around. Right. And then obviously the 36 arms certainly helps as yeah. far as being able to sustain stuff off the edge. Uh, Nyang, uh, he's the one that I feel like I'm, I'm still probably highest on, but I don't know if you heard chase young talk about Nyang at, Mm-hmm. the uh, the NFL mm-hmm. Combine, but he mentioned that game, his sophomore season against TCU was kind of like a big wake-up call for game for him. That's like, oh, I can't just be like bigger, faster, stronger than everybody else. I've actually got to have some technique because Nyang worked me over pretty good in the reps that I got against him. So like, that's a really strong endorsement. And I don't know specifically where the hip medical is at, but if he's healthy, I you can give me Lucas Nyang at, 29 all day long versus paying Jack Conklin 16 to 18 million dollars a year, which is what the conversation is. Josh Jones for the Dolphins with uh, was it 20? What do they have? 20, 26. 26. That's your other. I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it. Was that uh, was that just was that protecting yourself as the Dolphins guy, you know, kind of getting a bad pick in there? Well, no, <laughs> but I know they want they want an offensive tackle, <laughs> yeah. obviously. They need they need three offensive tackles, but they, they definitely, it's been reported that they want to come out of the first round with a quarterback and offensive tackle. Whatever they do with the third one is however the chips may fall. Uh, Josh Jones. I can get excited about Josh Jones for what he is physically and what his potential is. And again, it goes back to this being a coaching staff that, that got the light bulb to come on for players. So like if you do your proper vetting and you get these guys, in the meeting rooms and on the whiteboards and you see their football smart and they've got the potential to retain the information that you give them. I'm going to trust this coaching staff to take a guy like Josh Jones with all that he oozes from a physical potential perspective and make him into an effective offensive tackle. Well, if, if uh, my team had six picks in the first 70 and I got Tua, Caleb on chase on JK Dobbins, Jeremy chin, Damon Arnett, and Rodrigo Blakenship, the kicker, I'd still be happy. So you get an offensive tackle here with some upside, especially with Chan Gailey as the offensive uh, coordinator who, let's face it, I don't think he's ever really had good personnel on offense no. any stop he's ever had, and he's overcome. I mean, overcome is a weird word. I mean, he's just not necessarily had the most talent, right? And yeah. I don't know if that's because the scheme doesn't require it or like just the way that things have played out. I think Josh Jones is at a minimum a tackle you can win with if Chan Gailey is your offensive coordinator. Sure. I mean, sense. especially you, you think about some of the horizontal passing stuff, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. So you don't, you're not going to ask him to sustain blocks for very long. And then if you get into wide receiver, like bubble screens or tunnel screens or yes. get him out in space. Yeah, I'm good with that. And we haven't really seen Chan in the RPO era, right? Like I think that's going to be a really interesting wrinkle to his offense in terms of how that can challenge defenses. Cause there's all already so much horizontal stress, right. but now all of a sudden you're just hitting those, uh, those quick hitters across the middle with the, 
with the run option attached to it, it's going to some really difficult spacing you have to deal with. You know um, what, you know, real quick, you know what yeah. one of the biggest revelations was for me as I stacked this mock draft. What's that? This is a really deep class and we knew that already, but I'm sitting here and the names I'm pulling off the board, like Brandon Ayuk at 66 to Washington, mm-hmm. Josh Uche at 68 to the Jets, Damon Arnett at 70, Ashton Davis at 71. And I look up and I'm like, I'm thumbing through the names above them. And I'm like, none of these guys don't deserve to be where I slotted them. (laughs) So it's like, what the hell do you do? And uh, understandably, there's always a little bit of that feedback like, oh, so-and-so is never going to be there. But it's like, just stack them up and look at it. Right. Because I hear you in in an ideal world. Josh Uche is not the 68th pick in the draft. But pick 10 names out over top of them that are glaring sure. deficiencies that don't belong to be there. Devon Hamilton, 77, Marlon Davison, 75, right. Cam Akers, like, 72. <laughs> Adam Troutman in 94, I thought was a yeah. steal. I am that pick really pops for me. If the Cardinals were be able to get Cam Akers at 72. <sighs> that'd be a good fit for them, man. That's like one of my favorite picks yeah, looking man. through this thing. Yeah, especially because Florida State, you know, they they couldn't buy an ounce of real estate for Cam Akers to have. So then you put him in the most spacious offense. He's going to like, <laughs> you ever see those videos where, and they're, they're like really awesome videos. It's like there was one where a teacher was colorblind and his students bought him the glasses that reflect the color so that he could see color for the first time. Have you ever seen this? Yes. And he puts the glasses on and like, he's just like overwhelmed with emotion or like when it's like the baby gets the <laughs> hearing aid in for the first time. And it's like, it hears its mother's voice. And yeah. it's just like this glorious moment. Like the first time cam Akers touches the ball and he looks up field and there's no one in his way. It's going to be that moment for him. Like, Oh my God, like this is what I've been missing. <laughs> and he would get that in Arizona. Absolutely. Um, all right. I agree with you. I hope that happens for him. Keep him out of the AFC East. The can we let's give the Bears some love, man. Like they they're they're still in the NFL. They're still in the NFL. They haven't had a first round pick, so <laughs> we don't talk about them a ton on this podcast. So here they, they are. Draft here, man. They they do, and I think I think you did a really good job of filling needs, but then like also kind of tapping into you know, what would move the needle for bears fans? How about a guard from Ohio state and a tight end from Notre Dame? I mean that you're speaking their language there with that. And then a corner from Iowa. Oh, did you give him Ojemudie? I gave him Ojemudie oh. at uh, 92. <laughs> oh, what a hole. You I just mean, really it, tapped into it, man. Have you stacked up his mock draftable chart versus Prince of Mucamara? Um, I have not, but I like Ojemudie. They're, Pretty similar mock draftable charts. He's not quite as explosive as Amukamara was coming out. But Amukamara played three years in Chicago. There's clearly a role for a player of this stature in the secondary. And uh, I I really like his game a lot. You know, as far as transitional quickness, it's not really where he hangs his hat. But he's smart. He's good in zone. uh, Like his length. So him, Kmet, and Jonah Jackson being the picks for Chicago – when you don't pick till 43, I did have them trade back from um, 50 to 60, and that's how they got 92. 
Can we go all the way back to pick 11? Jedrick Wills to the Jets. And yes. this this slide, I guess, for Jedrick Wills is just not something I'm able to comprehend other than it's what all the, the smoke signals indicate. I mean, can we really see Jedrick Wills fall out of the top 10? It depends on what the Giants do it for, man. Yeah, it's a big pivot point for the, for the, all the offensive tackles, right? Yes, yes. Now, I think the Jets sprint that card up to the podium, right? That's a no-brainer pick Jeez. for them. Yeah. I think Becton's the hot, sexy name, and obviously him having left tackle experience and the length that he has pegged him at six to the Chargers. Um, their track record at offensive tackle, the Chargers specifically, has been a lot of those kinds of players, hasn't it? Yes. A lot of like the power vines for arms kind of dude. So I feel comfortable with Becton at six. It was flip a coin with Werfs and Wills. And Werfs is a hotter name. They both play on the right side predominantly, and he had a better combine. So I put him at 10 to Cleveland. Let's flip a post it notepad, Kyle. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about do. that. That's what we do here. The biggest, the biggest thing with that whole shuffle with the Giants at four and whatnot. As good as Isaiah Simmons is, would you rather have Isaiah Simmons in the top 10 or would you rather draft Jeremy Chin or Kyle Duggar in the second round? Simmons, man. <laughs> I I see where you're going at with this. Like, I like Chin. I did his tape recently, and I like Duggar. But Simmons, dude, like. I he, get it. I He's get it. Level. He's bigger, but more athletic. Played even... play Clemson. I know. Like, give me that guy. I don't know, man. I have a really hard opportunity cost if I'm the Giants drafting, walking away with Isaiah Simmons and Austin Jackson, which is not a bad one-two punch by any means, versus drafting either Becton Wilves. Werfs or even Thomas at four and then revisiting if you want to get an elite athlete on the back seven of your defense 36 I mean I had Duggar win at 44 and Chin win at 56 how about this Browns Hall Tristan Werfs at 10 which I think is their dream and then Antoine Winfield at 41 we all we kind of look at the Browns and that those are the two big needs safety offensive tackle I think you really answered those questions. And then somewhat of a risk there with Natane Mutai at 74, all the injuries, but when he plays two or three games a year, he looks pretty good. Jeez, man. Uh, and then Troy Dye, who really kind of feels like that's a good natural fit in terms of if Joe, Joe Schobert were to walk and really getting a guy with some athletic upside to uh, come in and roam on the second level there. Yeah, I like the Mutai fit. I know some Cleveland fans didn't. They're, they seem pretty bought into Wyatt Teller. Mm-hmm. To which I would say, let's let's not put all our eggs in one basket here, right? We talk about on this podcast a lot addressing needs versus investing in issues. And to take Tristan Wirfs and say, "Yep, offensive line's fixed." No, that's addressing a need. Now, what happens if Tristan Wirfs goes out and gets gets hurt? What happens if Joe Petonio gets hurt? 
You've I don't think Greg Robinson's on... on speed dial anymore, man. You no, know what? he is not. <laughs> Safe to say Greg Robinson is not walking back through that door. <laughs> and even if he was, you'd still have a problem. So how many Bensolaks worth of weed did he have? Oh man, a lot. He had multiple Bensolaks <laughs> worth in the trunk of his car. Um, so for me, getting another potential starter and asset on the offensive line was necessary early on because if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I want to invest in the offensive line. I don't want to just address the need at right tackle that's that's glaring. I want to fix this problem. And the way you fix it is you continue to invest. Joe, much like the Buffalo Bills did this past year. Yeah. With the influx of seven offensive linemen. Eight unrestricted free agents and Cody Ford in a second. There you go. Now that you've signed an entirely new offensive line. Yeah. And actually, interesting nugget on that. The Bills are uh, 24th in the NFL when it comes to offensive line spending. Isn't that weird? I was well, just yeah, doing was a, a lot that. of a lot of short term prove it deals, right? Well, it, it plus Mitch Morse and it gave him the highest contract ever for centers. But yeah, a lot of guys like John Feliciano, who was buried behind Gabe Jackson and Kalichi Assembly and, and with the Raiders, wind up being a good starter. Uh Spencer Long kind of understanding that he's been injured. Swing tackle. Yeah, and Seki is a swing tackle, and then like uh Quentin Spain, like he was such an afterthought in free agency. He wound up like not giving up a sack all year, like a good right. player. I think, I think he played the most reps of anybody on Buffalo's team last year, too. Yeah, I don't because he played all of week 16 or 17 against the Jets when pretty much everyone else rested. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Spain. Uh, I, 49ers is a fun team to talk about with this draft, especially because of that that gap that they have in picks right going in. But you did something that I think they should really be open to doing, and that's trading back from 31. And so. This allowed them to get 71 in this move back, and they got a couple of DBs here that are pretty good players. Yeah, they walked away with Trayvon Diggs at 37, who can learn from Richard Sherman. I think you think about Diggs' athletic profile and being able to pick Sherman's brain, and uh, that's that's a pretty exciting opportunity for him. Uh, and then they got Ashton Davis at 71, uh, which was a pick that came from the Chargers as part of the Chargers trading up for Jordan Love. So uh, your options, if you were San Francisco, you traded back six spots, and I don't think you lost a single player that you would have considered drafting. (laughs) Right. From 31 to 37, and you got 71 as your consolation prize. So take advantage. You know, you always see kind of that mad scramble late in the first round to get back in for that fifth-year contract option. San Francisco should absolutely be eyeing that and I was looking for opportunities for San Francisco to trade back again and didn't find an opportunity that I love so I said okay you know it it was either gonna be Diggs or Antoine Winfield for them two more teams I want to get to because these these are always fascinating teams we have a lot of Broncos country uh, listeners it feels like they are very they are very happy with me okay so do they just have this many picks or did you do a trade uh, Denver has, yeah, they got a three from San Francisco for, uh, um, oh, for Sanders for Emmanuel Sanders. And is one of these so from 15. the Bush deal last year? Yes. They have Pittsburgh's oh. three as well. So they got five picks in the first top hundred. Yeah. They, that, are we, are uh, we talking we about that, that enough? No, <laughs> I don't think we are. That's a, a lot great of picks opportunity for, for Denver. 
Sure. And like, there's a lot of promise with that team. Like their secondary is set. Now they got Bouye. They got a couple of questions up front on the defensive line, but they have resources. They got drew lock who showed some flashes. They got some interesting weapons. Maybe the offensive line can take a step forward with Mike Munchak in year two. I like I five and then five top 100 picks. Yeah, and they walk away in this mock draft with Jerry Judy, Ezra Cleveland, Devon Hamilton, Willie Gay Jr., and Bryce Hall. Is Ezra kind of tapping into a scheme fit there? Because I know you don't think he's a top 50 player, neither do I. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an anticipatory. He tested through the roof. These guys, you know, if, they, they, if they're dense and you test explosive, like Ezra Cleveland did, where he wasn't – he's not a, a super rocked-up build, but he's big enough – and dense enough that I think he he's going to move the needle for teams as like an athletic build offensive tackle uh, with super testing numbers. I just think he's he's going to end up rising a little bit because of how well he tested. Well, and I mean, Mike Shanahan's Denver Broncos, uh, Ezra Cleveland would be a dream, wouldn't he, right, for that yeah. wide zone and yeah, really being able to wear down. Uh, you know, that was, that was the thing about that outside zone rushing attack that Denver had under Shanahan is – so much movement, man. Those guys, those defenses couldn't breathe in Denver right. by the end of the game. Yeah, they they just wore, completely <laughs> wore you out. Right, and that's why Olandis Gary and Mike, uh, who's the Hall of Famer, Terrell Owens, Terrell Davis. Terrell Owens. Terrell, Terrell Davis, Davis and, and you were going to say Mike Anderson, too, weren't Mike you? Mike Anderson, yeah, it didn't yeah. matter. <laughs> just let's go one cut. Just plug and play, <laughs> man. Just nonstop. Uh, last team I wanted to get to because they're always fascinating for me is the Detroit Lions and what you did here with them going three picks on defense to maybe give Matt Patricia a chance to prove that he can coach defense. Well, I just th- I thought this ended up falling as best available players. Scheme fits too, man. Yes, which made it even more of a home run. So Akuda at three, AJ Epines at thirty-five, and then Jordan Brooks at sixty-seven. Uh, Akuda obviously with the Darius Slay standoff looking like it might end up ending in a trade is not ideal for Detroit in a win-now scenario. So I think they're kind of going to get pushed here. The only way they don't go that direction is if they ultimately have that kind of epiphany of hey, we can buy ourselves even more time if we try and reset everything instead of trying to get pieces in here that can help us contribute. But it re- it really feels like they're destined to to go defense despite the posturing that they might draft a quarterback. So Akuda at three. Epines a little bit of a slide because he tested so poorly. But as you said, this is the perfect kind of Patriot-style scheme fit for him to play strong side defensive end, hand in the dirt, do a lot of dirty work. He might not ever make explosive plays, but – you do have a more explosive option at the very least with Trey Flowers on the other side. Uh, so you can work with, you know, some multiplicity no matter which side. If, you know, you get motion on tight ends or whatever, you're going to feel comfortable with whoever you've got on the strong side setting the edge. And then Jordan Brooks, as the the name that I actually pointed to was Jalen Reeves-Mabin here uh, because they've got Jarrett Davis and Jelani Tavai as, as high draft picks recently. Uh, but Jalen Reeves-Maven is is quietly having a nice little pro career for himself, and his contract is up after this year. And, and Jordan Brooks is kind of cut from the same cloth as far as penetration style, uh, really quick to flow and trigger downhill. I think you can get positive special teams reps. If teams are going to space you out, you get Tavai off the field and you start working in a little bit more Jordan Brooks as far as some of the sub-package stuff. So I really like what they came away with as far as Matt, if you can't get this defense to perform with this group, 
I don't know what to tell you, brother, because like you're out of options because this is everything you should need now to get your heads on straight and and really get this defense performing to the degree in which you saw your defense perform in New England. 922-1 is the Bob Quinn-Matt-Patricia duo in Detroit. Consecutive last place finishes in the NFC North. That seems bad. That seems not good. But, of course, Detroit Lions fans will tell you, well, Matt Stafford was hurt. And they are not wrong. Matt Stafford was hurt. So he played some good ball, though, despite yeah, being hurt. He was he was playing really good ball before he got hurt. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today on the show here, Anything Joe. Else, man? Nice little recap yeah. of Mock Draft yeah. 6.0 for me. Um, you had yours what two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yep. Yeah. yeah, so we're gonna have a little lull here. We probably won't on Draft Dudes have more Mock Draft content until April. But that's well, okay. We got to get through free really agency, brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> free agency yeah, changes at all. But we're not the ones writing mock drafts on Monday, and then free agency opens at 4 o'clock and ruins everything. Who Who is next Monday? Who did you – because I know you pick this, so. I think Is it open – I think it's open-ended right now. No, the the mocks so are like, always assigned. I think it's Jordan? Ben. It's oh. either Ben or, or Jordan. Looks like it's Ben. Oh, you hate to see it. Wow. So get that puppy ready to go midday on Sunday. Give it a little Uh, bit of a lifespan, man. Yeah, right. That's actually not a bad idea. He might have to get his out early. Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to break that down next week on Monday uh, to some degree, but uh, definitely want to make sure I save time next Monday to talk about new Buffalo Bills cornerback Josh Norman. Uh, It's definitely Mm -hmm. a very exciting time for Bills fans. I know you're thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anytime, anytime you can get an older, slower Levi Wallace to replace Levi Wallace, man, you got to do oh, it. You know, well, you got to do it. We're going to drop the mic on that. Thanks for listening <laughs> to draft dudes. Takes on takes tomorrow. Come back and see us. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. <laughs>